Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Max. Today's episode was actually inspired by a series of events that led us both to decide to quit our part-time jobs. We were able to identify some limiting beliefs and fears that we had that were causing us to stay in these jobs that didn't fulfill us, added stress, and weren't advancing our careers. So we thought we'd use our real-world examples and chat with you about limiting beliefs. We want to preface this episode by saying that we do acknowledge our immense privilege in being able to quit our part-time jobs and be in school full-time without having to stress over finances. All we hope to do with this podcast is share our own experiences and what we've learned to help you make decisions out of self-love and not fear. Welcome to the Dealing With It podcast. If you feel like you're on the stationary bike of life and can't get off, this show's for you. We'll help you ditch your counterproductive habits, build rewarding relationships, and set goals you'll actually reach. Whether you're a workaholic or just getting by, we'll help you get out of your own way and create a life you love. Are you ready to start dealing with it? So what are limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs are beliefs or assumptions that we hold that cause us to stay stagnant in our lives and not progress to our fullest potential. They kind of cause us to stay stuck like where we're at and it makes us accept that we can't go any further or achieve more than we already have. Yeah, so I think another question to go with that is like, where do limiting beliefs even come from? Or where do our beliefs come from? So most of our beliefs are formed when we're growing up and they come from us internalizing the messages we see or hear around us. You know, when we're younger, our subconscious minds are soaking up everything they see around them. And because the parts of our brain that control conscious thought are still developing, we have no real filter to question these beliefs. It's why people believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> and, you know, so if your parents fought about money, you might now have the subconscious belief that money causes stress. And even if you want to make more money now, your subconscious is sabotaging you because you believe that money equals stress. So limiting beliefs may feel like they're entirely true to you, but it's usually because we continue to choose the same path or relationships or jobs that reinforce our limiting beliefs. So for example, like if you believe that there's no good guys out there, you will keep picking assholes who like treat you poorly, which then just reinforces your belief that there's no good guys out there. So you can see how your actions actually feed back into these beliefs. Like this may be true, like you're sitting here thinking there's no good guys out there, even though like your best friend maybe just got engaged to the love of her life, but you're just stuck here in this vicious cycle of your self-limiting beliefs. So another example might be that we believe that we can't possibly grow our following because of the Instagram algorithm. Like I hear this time and time again on Instagram. Um, it seems to be constantly changing and everyone's really frustrated. So if you believe that, then you kind of stop trying and then you actually don't grow your following, even though there's people out there that are blowing up like crazy. But it's just the same belief that you're holding on to and your behaviors reflect that. And then you're just reinforcing it over and over again. So basically, I find this a lot in scientific research and talking about 
different diets that work for people. Just this whole online space we've created is basically if you have a point to prove, you will always be able to find like the resources to support that. Yeah, in, you know, in fancy terms, this is called confirmation bias. And as Lindsay is saying, it's basically when you believe something or you really want to believe something, you will ignore evidence to the contrary and you will grab hold of things that reaffirm whatever belief you have. So, you know, to go off of the relationship example, you know, even if you were to go on dates with five different, like totally awesome people in a row, if you had the belief that there just aren't any good people out there to date, you would ignore signs that they are awesome. You would ignore any evidence you saw that they're awesome and you would zero in on any flaw or any perceived sign that they might act, you know, like a previous partner who did shitty stuff or just whatever you're afraid of. I think the less technical term for this would be cherry picking. So like you're overlooking any good that might be there so you can fixate on the thing that is proving your point. And in this case, like with the relationships, it's not necessarily intentional, but it is feeding back into that belief that you have. We can also spill over our limiting beliefs onto other people and halt their progression as well or quote unquote, keep them caged. I'm reading the book Untamed right now. And this is a saying that she always used. And I love it. Like you're keeping yourself caged. You're keeping someone else caged by these limiting beliefs. And this is funny because it's actually something that I almost did to you. Um, but I had the wherewithal to kind of recognize what I was doing. But we'll get into that soon. Yeah, yeah. But to go back to the the point Lindsay was making of you know, it, it's very easy for us to project our fear and our limiting beliefs onto other people. And the really difficult thing is it can be very insidious where you feel like you're just trying to look out for their best interest, but, and, you know, expressing your concern to people who want to go leaping out of their comfort zone. But again, you're really, you're just holding them back by making, trying to make them cater to your fear and your limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And again, this could be with the best of intentions. Like it doesn't mean that someone's being malicious and they're trying to hold you back. They could genuinely just have your best interest at heart, but it doesn't mean that they're not holding you back. That's that's a huge thing. And it's good to remember that people usually have good intentions, but good intentions do not mean you're not doing damage. So you may have noticed in the title or in our introduction that we both decided to quit our part-time jobs lately. And it's funny because the story of how that happened was us both kind of feeding into each other. But the story really starts with my part. So I've always been terrified that I would never make enough money to live up to what my family did because we come from a very well-off family. But as a result, I get super stressed about spending money. Like huge purchases terrify me. And when I was making money, I felt like I needed to save every single penny I got or I was never gonna have enough while also wanting to treat myself and have a good time in life, but I would feel guilty every time I did it. And you know, this seeped into my employment. I've worked every summer since I was 17 and once school became more manageable, I started working during school too because I, I felt like I should, like I was supposed to and like I needed to be making money. And so in the last couple months, um, 
I got a new job that I enjoyed for quite a while and I had, you know, great coworkers and the management was like the best I've ever had. But after a few months, I I just started feeling stagnant. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I felt like I wasn't advancing or being challenged and I honestly started dreading having work. You know, I wanted I wanted to quit. But I felt like I needed to have another job lined up before I even really thought about quitting. And even I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll get another job, but maybe I'll just hold on to this one too because it's flexible. You know, I was obsessed with the idea that if I wasn't making money, I was losing out. Finally, I I decided to see if there was more opportunity that I was interested in in the company. And if there wasn't, I was going to seriously reevaluate if it was what I wanted to be doing. But You know, I've been doing a lot of self-growth stuff, particularly in the last year, and I learned about the idea of becoming a life coach, you know, on top of doing content creation and maybe later becoming a therapist off that. And it was like a light bulb went off. You know, I wanted to do that. And so I decided I was going to quit, but I kept sort of pushing it off. I was like, oh, we'll do it. It was at the end of January. And then, okay, maybe, you know, in two weeks and then maybe in one week and then... I don't want to get too far ahead because we're getting into Lindsay's story, but finally, after what happened with Lindsay deciding to quit her job, I took that momentum and that motivation and I sent in my resignation that day. And I'm very happy that I did. Yeah, we were really hyped. We we really fed off of each other's energies and we were just like... Heck yeah. And it was so funny. It was, yeah. it was awesome. So enter me. Just as a background, I got a remote part-time job actually even before the pandemic hit. So it was always remote. It was really flexible with my medical school. And that was really awesome. It was pretty valuable experience. And I was working there for just shy of a year at a supplement company. And I did Thoroughly enjoy the work for the most part. Um, I learned a lot of things. I definitely have big aspirations to have my own product line one day. So working under a naturopathic doctor in a supplement company was super relevant. But again, I echo how you felt. Like I just felt stagnant. I felt not challenged. Like I am a quick learner. So once I figured things out, it was kind of, you know, yeah, not challenging enough. And I felt like there was just more. Um, on the other side of it, I feel like I've had a few opportunities arise that I could invest in my own business and gain some clients in that regard. But I kept putting my business in addition to just social time and relaxation, even on the back burner to work and school. So Basically, what happened is one day, Max and I went on a walk, and she was just kind of talking out her, you know, struggles she was having with wanting to quit her job and whatnot. And I just remember you said something that was along the lines of, well, like, and content creation is what I'm really loving to do right now, and that's pretty much a part-time job, like, on itself. And I remember the first thing that popped up into my brain was, oh, well, like, yeah, it's like a part-time job time-wise, but you're not making any money. Like, you're just happy to basically intern for yourself and make zero dollars. Like, that was legitimately what I thought. Like, I was listening to you. I was being a good listener, but that was my judgment in my head. And it's interesting that you kind of opened with talking about your relationship with money. I think now that I really reflect on it, I feel like 
were in the same position in that sense. Um, which also makes no sense because we've always been very financially supported. So it's an interesting thing that we now feel like we have to hoard all our money. But basically, like I felt like I was in a good place because I was making money while I was in medical school. Like I felt like I was being smart and saving up for my future, like for a down payment on a house. And I honestly, I I had, I was in my own meeting, as our mom says, like you were chatting away and just getting air around it. And I was going back and forth in my own head. And I just had this gut clenching reaction. And I realized, hey, I actually relate to everything that she's saying about her job. Like she felt like it wasn't advancing the ball. Like she almost loathed doing her job at this point. And then she just had her sights set on bigger and better things for herself and her career. And her job just wasn't really worth her time anymore. So like I said before, I've had several opportunities come up to kind of develop my own business, which is definitely important for my career eventually. And I just kept putting those things off and putting those things off. Like I was literally exchanging my time for money. And like, not only that, I was putting my own business progress on the back burner to build and maintain someone else's business. And the more that Max talked, the more I felt internally conflicted. And I just cut her off. I said, I'm sorry, I have not been listening to you at all. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I think I want to quit my job too. And once I said that out loud, like, I just kept going over reasons why I felt inclined to keep my job. I was clinging to the making money concept and... Max was clearly a few steps ahead of me and she'd already gone through this in her own mind. So she made some fair points. Yeah. And I think one of the the interesting things here is right after you came to that realization, you got like frustrated because you were mm-hmm. trying to justify it both to me and yourself. And myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I kept pointing out things that were true, but you didn't yeah. want them I to just be kept, true. Yeah, I was totally just, <laughs> like, my gut was telling me one thing, and I was just trying to rationalize to myself why I should keep this job. Again, because I was just clinging to the money. Like, I felt like I'd maxed out in that job. It was a great experience, but, you know, I just felt like I wanted to pursue other opportunities. So things she kind of brought up to me, that, you know, made me annoyed, but because it was true, um, she said that, like, staying in my job right now in order to have money in the future is sending a message to the universe that there's a scarcity of money. Like, we are very much into, you know, manifestation and power of the universe and, like, believing it until it's true. Um, And so that really resonated with me. Like, the mindset of... I have to work now in order to have money in the future because money won't be available to me. It's it's just simply not true. Like, and especially with me, like I am on a very good path going towards my career. Like that's a ridiculous thought to have. And she just kept poking at me. (laughs) She was like, so when will like having money be enough? Like when will you have saved enough to feel like you can now relax on the money making or like, when will you have saved enough to feel like you can actually spend the money that you were saving? Yeah, I feel like that was the real turning point because when I w- when we were talking about working now to have more money for the future, you were very 
married to that point. And it's a fair mm-hmm. point of like wanting to save for the future. But I think it's really when I started asking you, when will it be enough? Particularly because we are, you know, very lucky and we both have a good amount of money saved, particularly mm-hmm. for, for someone our age. So it's like, we're already ahead of the curve. And yeah, when was it ever going to be enough? And the answer was, on the path you were going, it was never going to be enough. Yeah, absolutely. And so between that, I think the other thing that really hit it home for me was that my time was being spent, like, yes, in medical school, and that is absolutely furthering, you know, my career path, but it was also working for someone else's business. Like, those were my two time-sucking commitments, and I didn't really have much room for anything else. And I have had, like, a little bit of success in my business. Like, I'm still very new, but I have made some money, and I have worked with some people, and I just finally got to the point of thinking, you know what, who's to say I can't make the same or more money right now in my own business? Yeah, and I think that is such a fun and exciting mindset to have. You know, this is, I think this is something right from the You Are a Badass book that we really like, of Mm -hmm. like, why can't I just see what I can get away with? Like, who's to say I can't do this? Who's to say I can't make my own business and make money, like, doing my own thing? Who's to say I have to work for someone else to make any money? You know, I love that because it opens up so much possibility. Totally. And if you haven't read You Are a Badass uh, by Jen Sincero, you definitely need to. But just to kind of reiterate what Max was talking about, she has this fun little exercise where you basically just say, like, I just want to see what I can get away with. So for me, it's like, I just want to see how successful I can be at business. I just want to see how much money I can make on my own. Like, what a fun thing. I think I actually read that part in the book and then had a little journaling exercise. And yeah. it was like so fun. Like, I want to see, I just want to see if I can get away with making my own product line. You know, it was just, yeah. it was a great exercise to go through. And I think that's great energy to put out into the universe. So just going back to limiting beliefs, if I didn't have the ability to stop and reflect on my own limiting beliefs, I might have gone as far as to say to Max, oh, well, are you sure you want to quit your job? Like you won't have any money coming in. And this may have made her second guess herself. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to transition to the next thing we want to talk about, because when you have limiting beliefs, you are limiting yourself and also other people by having them. So to start off, we're gonna talk about how do we identify limiting beliefs? And I wanna start by saying, you know, understand that we have beliefs about everything and being aware of that and regularly questioning them and checking if they're still serving you is a great practice, you know? What we believe is not absolute truth, but it is true for you. Totally. and. I mean, as I just demonstrated, that limiting beliefs tend to present themselves as quick judgments. So that's like me judging Max for not caring about making money. And they might even disguise themselves as truths, as you just said. I, for some reason, have long held on to the belief, like since high school, that, oh, I'm just not a reader. And I literally just have not picked up a book since because I decided that that was true. And I don't know where it came from and it makes no sense, but that has actually really impacted me in ever diving into a book until recently. Yeah. Limiting beliefs can be very hard to identify and deal with when they feel like your 
accepted truth. So this is particularly stuff like, oh, that's just the way things are, or people just can't do that, or just saying, oh, I'm just not this, or I just don't do this. Yeah, and we often try to rationalize this these beliefs, and I can speak to that for <laughs> sure. Um, we try to rationalize them to ourselves and talk down our gut feeling. Like, we don't want to listen to the little voice inside our head, so we'll just rationalize our way out of it, which I almost did with my job. Yeah, and then we rationalize our rationalizing <laughs> by telling ourselves and other people that we're just trying to be realistic or something like that. I feel targeted. I think I said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to identify limiting beliefs, we have to be able to pause and reflect whenever we're feeling resistance or like that gut-clenching feeling. So again, a quote from the book Untamed, she wrote, our bodies tell us things that our minds will talk us out of. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because that is absolutely what I do. I ignore my gut feeling and that internal conflict that I have and I will rationalize my way out of that so quick. Yeah, for sure. I Again, one of the big problems when we have these limiting beliefs is we can feel the need to control other people or just discourage them from what they're doing or try to like warn them about the dangers of what they're thinking of doing when we're what we're really doing is projecting our fear onto them. You know, if you have a friend who's thinking about quitting their stable job to open their own business or get into acting or like something kind of unstable like that, I can assure you they have definitely been through all of these freakouts about whether or not it's going to work and whether it's not the right choice, you know? So when you ask if your friend has really thought this through, what you're really expressing is that you're afraid of seeing her fail. And you might also be afraid of watching her succeed. Because if someone does something absolutely crazy, like quit their job to like, I don't know, open a bakery or something, and they succeed and they're doing great, like what does that mean for you and the life you're living that's okay, but not amazing? You know, you're holding yourself back and getting upset that other people did not hold themselves back. Totally. That's a great, yeah. It's like you are trying to, in fairness, you're probably trying to look out for your friend because you have so accepted your limiting belief as being the truth. Yeah. Like, no, doing that is reckless. Like, like you said, people don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. you can't just, it's not going to be stable. Like, how are you going to make money? Like, those are fair concerns. However, I don't think anyone has achieved greatness, like, within their comfort zone. Yeah, and I think there are ways of expressing concerns like that in a way that is not trying to limit people, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I do think it's fair and important to challenge people to a certain degree to, you know, that's how people grow, is by seeing other people's mm -hmm. perspectives. But there's a huge difference to be like, oh, cool, tell me all about your plan. Like, how are you going to finance it? Like, what mm -hmm. are you going to do? And being like... Are you sure you can afford that or are you sure you want to do that? Totally. It is it is actually really great to have someone to bounce ideas off of and they can act, ask you thought-provoking questions that like something you may have not considered, which would be a great thing to consider if you're going to pursue this. But like you said, there's definitely a way to go about it where it can be productive or severely limiting. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to talking about 
how we deal with limiting beliefs once we've started to identify what they are. And this is kind of, you know, for us, we broke it into sort of a five-step process, which is the first one is identify, which we just kind of talked about, and then challenging them, recognizing them, reflecting on them, and ultimately changing them. So we'll start with identifying. Yeah, so step one, obviously, you have to actually identify the limiting belief. So like me, when we're walking around the block, if you feel resistance or any sensation in your body, just pause for a second and think about it and consider what belief you might be holding that makes you feel that way. So from my example, I suddenly developed this internal conflict paired with judging you and defending myself. And I I just stopped for a second. I was like, whoa, whoa, you talking about this really did something to my insides. And I want to consider why, like, what am I holding on to that makes me feel this way? Yeah, we don't feel ways for no reason. You know, it's awareness is like the first step to changing anything. You can't fix problems you are not aware of. And so becoming more in tune with how you feel, how your body feels, and particularly how you react to things is important. And then when that happens, you can, you know, take time to think about what your thoughts were around that situation, what was your gut reaction, and how did you respond? Because this can be very telling of what underlying beliefs are driving these thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and then once you have identified you can go ahead and challenge this limiting belief. So ask yourself things like, why do I think this way? And is it entirely true? Because like we said, we often adopt these limiting beliefs into our subconscious and we believe that it is entirely true. And you can even go as far as to say, does it feel true in your body? Like when I was trying to rationalize my way and say, no, I need, I'm making money. I'm doing good stuff. It didn't feel right. Like it just didn't feel right. And you also want to think about what might be underneath this belief, which like we talked about was just the idea that money is scarce, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, people talk about like, trust your instincts or trust your gut or like whatever. And it can feel very silly. And and like we were talking about before, you can really try to rationalize your way out of it. But honestly, you can get so far in life just going by what feels, you know, right to you and what doesn't. And it's important to remember that everything we experience and believe is based on our perception. You know, we don't experience reality objectively and good or bad, reasonable or unreasonable, you know, what what feels good to you, what feels bad to you, like those are all different for every single person. So trying to force your belief of, what's a good choice and what's a bad choice onto other people isn't going to get you anywhere. So once we've both identified and challenged our limiting belief, it's important to recognize how it might actually serve us, which is kind of why we've been holding on to this so long, or how it might be holding us back. Yeah, so the belief systems you have have gotten you this far in life. Like we don't hold on to beliefs that don't serve us in some way. And most of the time, the ones we're not aware of are not serving us in good ways, but they are still serving us, you know? So we all tell ourselves and other people stories that that serve us. If you believe you can never make the kind of money you want, 
you have an excuse not to try and thus you can never fail. So you are still being served by that, by, you know, staying in your safe little bubble of never having to try new things and fail and get hurt. So we need to be aware and become aware of the stories that we entertain and whether we want to keep them or not. Because keeping a belief like, oh, I can't, I just will never be able to make the kind of money I want. Well, you might think it's keeping you safe, but really you're just limiting yourself from moving on to bigger and better things. Yeah, where you can make more money. So then we go on to step four, which is reflect. So you can kind of ask yourself, what does it feel like when I release this limiting belief? Like for me, I felt like I could breathe again. I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders, the knot in my stomach kind of released. And you want to kind of think about who would you be both with and without this belief? Are you going to be, you know, someone who stays in the same job for X amount of years, makes the same money, lives the same day, day in and day out? Or are you going to be someone that's a go-getter and you're going to take those chances? And hey, that might lead you to making more money than you ever believed in. So I always say to go with your gut. Like we live in a society where it's so normal to suppress your body signals, like just getting medical for a second, but we need to listen to and embrace these signals. Like Max was saying, like we're animals. We are wired a certain way for a certain reason. Like our instincts are there to tell us if this is right or wrong, you know? Our rational brains can make any different story it wants to, but our gut will always, I honestly, in my opinion, be the right way to go. Yeah, and I think, as you're saying, this is why it's so important to foster good communication with your feelings and with your body. You know, feelings are kind of like pain or pleasure in the body in that they're just telling you something is happening, either something that feels good or something that feels bad. And honestly, we often already know the answer to hard questions like, do I want to quit my job? But we get bogged down by expectations and our beliefs and our fear. And we sometimes have been, have suppressed this stuff so hard that we don't even you know, we can't even feel our, our sort of gut or instinct anymore, which is why, you know, again, the more you can get in touch with how things actually make you feel, the better. You know, like Lindsay was saying, if the thought of having a different job or not being with your partner anymore or whatever makes you feel lighter, like you can breathe again, and the idea of staying in that situation makes you feel heavy or suffocated, like, you need to start enacting some change there because clearly something is not working and it is on you like a physical weight. And we don't want to be weighed down by stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So lastly, change. So you've taken time to identify, reflect. Now, how are you going to change your actions so that you're not bogged down by this limiting belief anymore? So we are big believers in doing things that are scary because you want them to work so badly. You know, you take that leap of faith for yourself. I've actually come across a quote lately that I absolutely love, and it's feel the fear and do it anyways. Like you're not feeling the fear to then shudder away from it. You're feeling it and you're going for it anyways. Yeah, I think we sometimes have this belief that, 
people who do things that we think are so cool and we really want to do are just fearless. But that's not it. Nobody is fearless. Some people are just better at, you know, seeing their fear, recognizing it and doing it anyway, you know, and that's, I think, something we're both trying to do. And I think it's really important to become aware of the thoughts and actions that are coming from your limiting belief and to work to replace them with new thoughts and actions. You can't always directly get at a belief. I think we talked about this in another episode, you know, but you can start to do repetition in your brain. Your brain loves repetition. It loves habits. And the more you repeat the process of noticing thoughts and actions that are coming from their belief and actively trying to change them and replace them with better ones, the the quicker you can get through to those limiting beliefs and replace them with new beliefs that are more useful for the reality you want to create yourself. But because brains respond to repetition and we have lots of limiting beliefs, you have to repeat this process over and over again for it to stick because you'll just keep encountering new limiting beliefs and you have to work off of old limiting limiting beliefs. It's a process, you know, it's never, the work's never done because it's no quick, easy solution to those things. Yeah, and I think you are a perfect example of repetition and developing new habits and how things will get easier and you'll get better at acknowledging and recognizing your limiting beliefs because today you actually had a pretty incredible realization about your life that was not quitting her job. (laughs) We're just really on a roll here. But like you said, you were mulling over quitting your job for a while. And then just like my spark ignited your spark and we just created big old flames together. But so you actually took a while to decide to do that. But today it was funny because you said something out loud. And I think within a couple hours, you were like, nope, this is the right decision. I know what I need to do. Yeah. Which is so cool. Like you, you blossomed. Like you, <laughs> it was just such a visible change from your job decision to this one. Yeah. I, you know, if you want to know what that thing was, it was, I decided not to continue with my diploma program that I was doing. And I decided to try to pursue something else in coaching or maybe counseling psychology. I haven't worked that part out yet. But basically what happened is today was my first day of classes again. And after sitting through one class, learning about what we were doing, learning what they expected of us and interacting with some of the people in my program again, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like it's day one and I feel like crap thinking about what I'm about to do this semester. I feel like I had already realized before that that I didn't think I was going to continue into next year, but it felt like we were already, you know, so far into this. I'd already figured out the financial stuff about doing this semester that I was like, no, I'm in it. I'll just finish this one. But Mm -hmm. day one, I was like, I feel like somebody dropped an anvil on me and I'm having a bad time. And yeah, like Lindsay said, like I consulted my little committee of like my partner, <laughs> my mom and her. And I was like, I am going to sleep on this and, and make sure this is the right call. But honestly, I'm already sure. I already know that this isn't serving me anymore and I'm ready to move on. And yeah, that that was so much quicker. Mm-hmm. That was like, I, I didn't spend all this time mulling it over and feeling weird and guilty about oh, but what if I miss out? Or like, what if like, it's going to be such a hassle to get out of this? I was like, no, I don't feel good about this anymore. My time is spent better doing something else. So that is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. You mentioned just having your little committee meeting. I think it's important to have a couple people that you can chat with and get air around. Um, It's great if they're 
supportive and if they can, you know, ask some thought provoking questions. But it's not even necessarily that you need like full on support and a thumbs up from them to do what you want to do. But it is important to get air around it, right? Like at the end of the day, you know what you need to do. It's your gut feeling. It's your life. But it is nice to have those people that you can kind of bounce ideas off of before you really take the plunge. Yeah, I think, you know, to go off that a little bit more, one thing I think is super important for my, you know, little committee of people is like you are all super supportive of me, but you also are not going to sugarcoat anything Mm -hmm. or support me when you don't think what I'm doing is a good decision. You you all want what's best for me. Mm -hmm. And if you think something might not be the right call, you will challenge me on it, which I think is super important because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't grow or come to decisions as quickly or as firmly if I didn't have other people's perspectives challenging me or supporting me. You know, today I talked about it a bunch with you. I talked with my partner and, you know, our mom briefly. And I I pretty much more, it was honestly with you mostly. I was mm. like trying to go through this like pros and cons list. But like <laughs> even going through that, it's like we both knew. Totally. We both knew the answer already. Yep. And I had to go through the process a little bit still to be sure. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, I think, do that. But I was trying to make a pros list and I couldn't think of anything except avoiding the discomfort of having to get out of it. Which, which is, is a horrible reason to do, yes. to stay in anything if you exactly. just yeah want to avoid the repercussions of not. Yeah. Um, I think it's also good to have people around that... So I know we talked about not rationalizing, but people around that will challenge you and you are already firm in your decision and you can actually say, no, you know what? I've thought about that and this is still what I'm feeling, you know, like just to kind of really reinforce that. Yep, this is what I want to do. And also when you're being like, oh, but it's going to be hard and like it would be so much easier if I just stayed in school to have people to be like, you know, that's not going to make you happy. And that (laughs) discomfort is part of change and you say that all the time, so you better live. <laughs> exactly. People have to hold you accountable, you know, for your own beliefs when things get hard. Limiting beliefs are stopping you from achieving your wildest dreams and living a free and fulfilling life. If you pause to reflect on what you're claiming as your truths, you may find that you're actually holding on to some limiting beliefs that are stopping you from achieving your fullest potential. You control your beliefs, not the other way around. The only way to really move forward is to own your thoughts and actions and work your butt off to change them. And we know that you can do that. Thanks so much for hitting play today. If you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share it on your feed, or leave a review. You can find Lindsay online at Lindsay Mick on Instagram, Pinterest, or Facebook. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-M-C-K-K. You can find me, Max, on Twitter and YouTube at Life of Wads. That's L-I-F-E-O-F-W-A-D-S. We hope you'll join us again on the next episode of the Dealing With It podcast. Thanks for listening.